Welcome to week 14 of the Resilient Catholics Community Year One. I am Dr. Peter Melinowski. I am glad to be with you. This is our weekly interconnections talk. And we are all about this pilgrimage to better human formation, to interior integration, to greater recollection, and to peace in the natural realm. Now, we're all wounded. We're all suffering. So a lot of gentleness, a lot of kindness, a lot of mercy with ourselves. A lot of gentleness, kindness, mercy with our parts. It's so important. And there was no reading today for our book because today we're going to be reviewing what we've been learning. That's what this that's what this meeting is all about. It's good to have your parts journal handy. It's good to have your parts maps handy, especially for the experiential exercise. I hope you have those near at hand. We're really going to pause and slow down. It's so important to take some breaks from time to time from trying to take in new material so that we can process what we've already got started. It's really important to slow down and to review. And it's good to reflect on how we are taking on a major challenge in the Resilient Catholics community. We are deliberately working on our own human formation. We are deliberately focusing on interior integration. We are working on recollection. These are major efforts. And I believe that relatively few people actively work on their human formation, deliberately work on interior integration, that very few people are focused on developing recollection in any kind of thoughtful, deliberate, sustained, and systematic way. So it's a credit to you that you are still here, that you're still working through this together. And I'm really honored to be able to be with you on the pilgrimage. We're about 30% of the way through our year-long initial course. Those are the 44 weekly meetings over the course of the year. We've completed 13. This is number 14. I've presented a lot of information to you. And for many of you, a lot has come up in your IMK results. A lot has come up in your experiential exercises. There's a lot going on inside. And so we need, like I said, that time to consolidate, to bring together in a lived way what we are learning. You're not going to learn everything the first time around. You're not going to understand everything the first time around. That's just not humanly possible. Human formation, interior integration, consistent recollection, those all take time. So it's good to be able to review. So I'm going to invite you in this next week to listen again to the interconnections talks that have been helpful to you, or maybe the interconnections talks that have been more challenging. You know, this might be when you're driving or when you're working out or when you're doing other things that can allow you to pay attention to those talks while you're doing something else. I'm going to invite you to listen again to the experiential exercises from our weekly meetings as well. Those are available to you all the time. So if one of those experiential exercises was particularly helpful, I'd like you to listen to it over again. If one is confusing and it seems like there's, you know, that it would be helpful to work through it again, please do feel free. I want you to listen to those experiential exercises, though, when you have time to really engage with them. Right? That's not something to do while you're driving. The experiential exercises really do demand your full attention. And remember, I provide extra optional resources for every weekly meeting that you can access if you want more content or more experiential exercises. These extra resources, these optional resources are on your weekly resources sheets. Those get posted in your community space on Mighty Network. You can always access them there. And for the remainder of this interconnections talk, 
I'm just going to review the major topics we've covered so far, just hitting the high points, the most important information. So we started out with safety and protection. Why? So that we can be vulnerable enough to connect inside and to connect with each other. So that starts with confidentiality, privacy in our meetings, what happens in our meetings stays in our meetings. That, ha that also means that we're present for our meetings. You know, we're being seen by others in the meeting. We're sharing, we're connecting with courtesy, with respect, treating each other well, not pressuring each other to share, but inviting sharing. All of these are elements of our guidelines for the RCC. And then we've discussed parts, parts of these sub-personalities within us. Each part has its own emotions, perceptions, assumptions, motivations, impulses, its own relational style, its own beliefs about God, its own beliefs about you as a person. And parts are not their burdens, parts are not their roles, parts are not just emotions, and parts are not just defense mechanisms. Parts Parts are more than that. They bring together elements of whole personalities. And parts have good intentions for us, and parts are indispensable. We can't get rid of any of our parts. There are roles for parts that they take on. Our exiled parts are often our most sensitive parts, and these exiled parts have been exploited, rejected, or abandoned in external relationships. They've often suffered relational traumas or attachment injuries, and they hold these painful experiences, these, these traumatic memories, and these things are often are isolated from conscious awareness to protect us from being overwhelmed by the intensity of the unresolved experience. Now, parts desperately want to be seen and known. They want to be safe and secure. They want to be comforted and soothed. They want to be cared for. They want to be loved. And exiles want redemption they want rescue, they want healing. In the intensity of their needs and emotions, they can threaten to take over and destabilize your whole being, and that can involve your whole system. So that's, that's, that's what exiles do, and that's why they're looked at with suspicion by our managers. Now, our manager parts are, are the ones that work strategically with forethought, with planning, to keep you in control of situations, to keep you managing your relationships, to minimize the likelihood of you being hurt. That's really what they're trying to do. They're proactively protecting you from being hurt. And our firefighters, those are the, the parts, the protectors who react when our exiled parts break through and threaten to flood our systems. The firefighters take bold and drastic actions to stifle and distract from the intensity of our exiles' experiences. Right. There's a lot more about parts, especially in weeks one and three. So you can check those out if you still have questions about parts. Now the self, yourself, is your seat of consciousness. Yourself has the innate or inborn capacities needed to lead and guide your system. And the qualities of the self are that the self is an active inner leader the self has perspective to help you see reality more accurately, and the self is balanced and fair with your parts. There are eight C's that describe the self. The self is calm, curious, compassionate, connected, desires connection with your parts, clarity, courage, confidence, and creativity. Sometimes a K gets added in. The K is for kindness. 
The self is kind. Parts find the relationship with the self very reassuring. They seek a self, they, but they have to unblend and be in relationship with the self in order to experience that. And that can be frightening for some parts. So we are a multiplicity and a unity, right? Our being, our self is like an orchestra with the self as the conductor and the parts as the musicians. So an orchestra is one, but an orchestra is also many. One orchestra, many musicians and the conductor. A lot more on the self was presented in week two of our year one of the RCC. Let's talk about trailheads. Let's remember that a trailhead is an emotion, image, inner voice, thought, body sensation, impulse, desire, fantasy, or any other internal experience which, when brought into focus and followed, leads us to a part, usually a part in distress. So a, a trailhead is usually some kind of internal experience that leads us to a part that's connected to the part. What we call symptoms, psychological symptoms, are often trailheads. A trailhead is the manifestation of the part. It's the way a part is calling for attention, usually because that part is in distress. It marks the beginning of a trail to explore, and if we follow that trail, we will find our target part. The target part is the name of the part that we're focusing on in a, partic in a particular moment of inner work, the target part. So trailheads lead us to the part that is signaling to us through the trailhead, and usually that part is in distress. A lot more about trailheads in week four. Week five was all about being with parts in the present. This whole concept of being with is so central. Being with means not having a particular agenda to get the part to do something or to stop it from doing something. It's really about having this genuine desire to be connected and to, and to be in the presence of a part. Parts need safety and protection. That can it can take time for trust to grow. And remember that parts want to be seen, heard, known, and understood. Parts want to be loved, but they must have a sense of safety and protection first. A lot about being with parts in the present was presented in week five. In weeks six and seven, we really focused on blending and unblending. So just as a reminder, blending is, quote, the act in which a part takes over a person's seat of consciousness or self. Blending occurs along a continuum so that the self can remain present with some blending or be obscured completely with full blending, end quote. That's from Richard Schwartz and Martha Sweezy. So a part is blended with the self when you are overpowered or flooded with that part's intensity. It could be the part's emotions. Often it is emotions, but it could also be other things like that part's analytical processes or that part's numbing out or whatever the part is experiencing. So we can be blended or we can be unblended and self-led. Self-led describes individuals who have access to the self and therefore have the capacity to see, hear, understand, and be present with their parts, acknowledging and appreciating the importance of their roles in the internal family system and with other people. That's again from Richard Schwartz. 
When yourself is blended with just one part, and that blend is fairly complete, your blended part's emotions seem to be the only emotions, that part's beliefs seem the, to be the only beliefs, memories of that part seem to be the only memories, opinions seem to be the only opinions, desires, impulses, God image, all of that is taken over by the part. And so that's how you can tell oftentimes is because it, the, the whole world narrows down to the perspective of just that one part of you. You can be blended with multiple parts at one time. Uh, that can happen, and so parts can unblend one at a time. Unblending happens when space is created between yourself and the part. So you, as the self, invite the blended part into a cooperative, collaborative relationship with you as the self. And then you can see if that target part is willing to be led and guided by yourself, if it can trust the self enough to give you some space. Yourself reaches out with an invitation to your target part. Yourself is offering to focus attention on your target part. The target part doesn't have to be alone. The target part can be in relationship, separate, but near with you as the self. Now we want to make sure that when we're doing this unblending, we don't have an agenda, right? We're not trying to force the target part. Anytime there's that kind of agenda of forcing a part to try to do something, that's always another blended part. And that part has its own agenda. And you can tell when you're unblended if you are experiencing those eight C's, the calm, the curiosity, the connection, the compassion, the clarity, the creativity, the courage, and the confidence. That's one way to tell if you're unblended is do you have those? And the second is to notice if you, that you don't have an agenda. You can have and you will have this desire to love your parts. Right? There's this overarching desire that you love and care for your parts and that you love and care for other people. But we're not, we're not attached to some particular means of going about that. That's where the agendas come in. The parts of us that are evaluating other parts negatively are what Bonnie Weiss calls concerned parts. And those concerned parts have agendas, they have strong opinions, those opinions are often negative about other parts. And concerned parts may block access to target parts, they may distract you from the target part because of fear, anger, or negative judgment. They might want to dismiss a part or even kill the target part. So it's important that we be in self, at least to some degree, when we're working with parts. And there, again, there's a lot more about blending and unblending in weeks six and seven. Now, when we got to week eight, we got into parts mapping, right? That's drawing the parts out. That's another way to connect with your parts, another way to get to know your parts, another way to understand the relationships within our systems, among our parts, and also between the parts and the self. It's also a way to understand the roles that different parts have in our systems. To draw it out on a piece of paper can be really, really helpful. More on that was presented in week eight, and I really encourage people to revisit parts mapping from time to time. Now, after that, we got into connecting with protector parts. These are your managers and firefighters. Managers and firefighters are your protector parts. And it is really important to get to know our protectors first. We always work with protectors before working with our exiles because our protectors handle a lot of the day-to-day -day interactions with the world. Protectors guard us against being overwhelmed or flooded with pain from the past. Protectors take on extreme roles in their attempts to help us survive and to get along in difficult circumstances. Right? Protectors want to be heard. They want to have a role in your system. 
They are protecting something. That's why we call them protectors. And they often work so hard and don't get to rest very much. They're frustrated by their lack of success, how how often they fail in their mission. They're often polarized with other parts. They're stuck in time, and often they don't know about the self. Sometimes they don't even know that the self exists. Trust is so essential in our inner work. It can't be emphasized enough. Safety and protection open the door for trust to begin to grow in our systems. And protectors in their roles don't feel safe. They're struggling, they're striving to achieve a sense of protection, but they don't know how to get there on their own. And there's a reason for that. It's because it's not possible. The protectors need to know that yourself is present. They need to know that yourself can lead and guide your system. If you take the time to really connect with a protector, and if that protector feels understood, feels appreciated, things begin to change. The protector can soften, relax back, and begin to trust you as the self a lot more. So weeks 9 and 10 were all about connecting with your protectors and building trust. Then when we got into week 11, it was all about helping protectors to relax. And a lot of that has to do with appreciating protectors for their good intentions, for their efforts to help us. And that doesn't mean that you have to appreciate a part's impulses or desires. It It can have impulses that are really potentially harmful, desires that are disordered. And so we, we don't have to appreciate that, but we, we want to appreciate their good intentions and their efforts to help. In week 12, we got into working with untrusting protectors. And the important thing here to remember is that there's always a reason why parts don't trust. Something in the experiential history of the part, something in the way the part construes its experiences, have given it reason to doubt, to not trust. And so when we're working with protectors who have, dif- who have difficulty with trust, we really want to be unblended. We really want to be self-led. We really want to be recollected. It's not easy and it's not even wise for an untrusting protector to trust you if you are all blended with another part. So again, we look at those eight C's. We look at whether you have an agenda. Those are ways that we assess blending. The number one reason why parts don't unblend is because they don't trust you as the self yet and they don't feel safe and protected. So they really need to experience you as the self, sometimes for an extended period of time before they're going to let go. A lot about that in week 12. And then safety. We want to create conditions in which parts can feel safe. That's the first condition for secure attachment from Brown and Elliot. The self is a secure base. It's felt safety and security. The emphasis is on the word felt. It's not just actual safety, but felt safety. And felt safety for each of our parts. It's not enough that just one or two parts feel safe. We need that sense of safety to come to all of our parts. No part left behind. No part alienated. No part isolated. No part left alone to cope with fear or even terror. We want parts to feel seen, heard, known, and understood. But that requires safety first. Parts don't want to be seen. They don't want to be heard by someone they don't trust, someone that they're afraid of. Scared parts don't want to be understood. They don't want to be known by potential aggressors or abusers or those who are just unattuned, relationally clumsy. Parts are often very young, very scared. We're dealing with so much fear here usually. And so 
to work with parts safely. Let's assume that parts are young. We're going to ask parts not to overwhelm. And we can set limits on the way that we engage with parts so that they agree not to overwhelm us with the intensity of their experience. We can set limits on the time that we work with them so that so that protectors could feel safer knowing that there are some parameters that bound the work that we're doing with our parts. And we covered a lot more of that in week 13. So you can see how much we've covered. It's a lot of material. And I'm asking you now, which of these topics or concepts is the most difficult for you? Write it down. Was it difficult to understand or difficult to put into practice? Was, was the topic difficult to understand? Or was it really, oh, you could understand it, but it was just difficult to put into practice? Bring those topics into your sharing time after this interconnections talk. I'm going to invite you to start speaking for your parts, saying things like, well, a part of me finds the check-ins just really difficult. It finds all kinds of ways to distract me during my check-ins. I think that part of me might not want to do the check-ins. Start, we can start beginning to speak in parts language to each other. So with that, I'm going to wrap it for this interconnections talk. We'll go into our brief discussion. There are some questions that your links have and that are also on your, uh, your sheets to help guide that discussion. And I'll see you on the other side with an experiential exercise.